All right, if you take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3. Th- uh, thank you so much, Levi. I'll uh, smell you later. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was a good message, and I do thank you for that. Um, if I could just be honest, that is one of my greatest struggles, is being real. Um, many of us Christians, we, we put on an act without even thinking about it. And it's even more hard to be real behind a pulpit. So um, I just appreciate that prayer. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, and uh, as Trent Reynolds said to his last girlfriend, I will not keep you long. Um, So Genesis chapter (laughs) 3, Genesis chapter 3. This message is to educate you, but also to edify you. What I'm going to be talking about tonight is the pattern that leads us to sin. Have you ever asked the question, why is it that I sin? Why is it that you sin? What causes you to sin? What made you commit that sin? Well, today I'd like us to examine a couple of steps that led other Bible characters to commit sins. And these steps are the same in three different characters. We're going to examine three different characters. And each, three, each, each of these three characters were tempted with something different. It was a different sin, but yet the pattern was still the same. And I want to show that to you. And by examining this, I, I hope and I pray that we'll learn to sin less. Not sinless, for that won't come until the day of our glorification, but we all can learn to sin less. All of us. And uh, that also begs the question, I once was troubled with this question, why is it that God has not removed sin after salvation? That used to bother me so much. God, I'm saved. Why is it that I have to struggle with sin? It wasn't until I read a, uh, it wasn't until I read a book by Oswald Chambers called The Psychology of Redemption, where he, men- where he made this quote and Um, I'm quoting him now. It says, If God were to remove the opportunity to disobey Him, our our, excuse me, if God were to remove the opportunity to disobey Him, our obedience to Him would be of no value. Consider that. If God were to take the opportunity to sin, your obedience to Him would be of no value. And I remember when I read that, I thought, wow. So God's given me the opportunity to, to have value to my obedience to him. And yeah, sin will always be a struggle, but we could all learn to sin less. So with, with that said, we're going to examine the first character. That first character is Eve. Is Eve. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, we'll begin our reading within verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day ye shall eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, 
knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave it to her husband with her, and he did eat also. Let's pray. Father, as I come before you, um, Lord, I just pray that you just help us, Lord, to learn from other characters uh, within your word that committed sin, Lord, that we would learn um, the pattern, Lord, that leads us to sin. And through this, Lord, I pray that we would learn to sin less and that, that we would learn to stop it, stop this temptation in its midst. And Father, uh, I pray that we would do it for one purpose, and that is to glorify your Son. And Lord, I pray that this message would do that. I pray that you'd help me to be real as Levi prayed. For this I do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Here we find this is the sin of Eve. Eve's sin. The character is Eve. And what she was tempted with was wisdom. She looked upon the, the fruit and she said it is one to make one wise. It, it's, a, it's a fruit to make one wise. She was tempted with wisdom, the knowledge of good and evil. She was tempted with wisdom. Well, what, led, what caused her to commit this sin? Well, first of all, she perceived. Verse 6, it says, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the what? That it was pleasant to the what? That it was pleasant to the eyes. I'll be honest with you, this isn't much of a message, this is more of a devotion. But I believe it's helped me, and so if you just follow along with me as we turn, turn our Bible, but so, that it was pleasant to the eyes. Well, let's keep going. Not only did she perceive it, but she pondered it. Verse 6, it also says, and, the tree to be and a tree to be desired to make one what? Wise. She was considering what was before her. She didn't just look at it and look away. She looked at it and considered it. She perceived it. She pondered it. But watch this. Verse 6, uh, towards the end, she took the fruit thereof and did what? Eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. She perceived, she pondered, and then she performed what she pondered. I wonder if you could say that with me. She perceived, she pondered, and she performed what she pondered. The temptation went from her eyes to her mind to her acting it out. The Bible says, as a, man, uh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Uh, if you would look with me also, uh, this isn't the only character we're going to look at, but also we're going to look at David. Take your Bibles and turn with me to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 11. The quicker you turn, the faster we'll get out of here. Uh, 2 Samuel chapter 11. Second Samuel chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in the evening tide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he, what? He saw. He saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to what? Look upon. He perceived. And the woman sent and inquired after, or excuse me, and David sent and inquired after the what? The woman. He pondered. 
You don't send in after and inquire after someone unless you're considering it. He pondered what he was going to do. He already had a plan on how he was going to be with her. And it says, and, and one said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, uh, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? And David sent messengers and took her. And she came in unto him, and he lay with her, he performed. For she was purified from her uncleanness, and she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David that I am with child. So what happened? David perceived, he pondered, and then he performed what he pondered. You know, that's how sin always starts. It starts with your eyes then it leads to your mind. And if you ponder of it, if you think about it enough in your mind, it will soon make its way to you doing it. You become what you think. You become what you ponder. He perceived, he pondered, and he performed what he pondered. Lastly, if you would turn your Bible to Joshua chapter 7, Joshua chapter 7. Now, before I read this passage, it is imperative that I inform you of the previous chapter in Joshua. Joshua is leading the children of Israel to the land of Cana. They are conquering the land of Cana. They've conquered, uh, they just got done conquering Jericho. And before they conquered Jericho, uh, God gave a certain commandment to the children of Israel. God said all the spoils and the treasures of the city of Jericho were to be taken and put in the treasury of the Lord. No one in Israel were supposed to take of the treasuries or of the treasures that Jericho had. That was supposed to be consecrated unto the Lord. That was the commandment that God gave. Joshua chapter 7, verse 19, this brings us uh, after a series of circumstances, Joshua finds out that someone, someone took of the treasures. All of Israel obeyed the commandment except for one. All of Israel did not take of those treasures, but they consecrated it unto the Lord except for one. That one was Achan. Joshua got wind of this, and Joshua approaches Achan, and this is this what brings this is uh, this brings us to our passage, Joshua uh, seven verse nineteen. It says, "And Joshua said unto Achan, My son, give I pray thee glory to the Lord God of Israel. Make confession unto him, and tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me." And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus, and thus have I done. When I, when I saw among the spoils of the goodly Babylonish garment and the 200 shekels of silver and the wedge of gold and the 50 shekels of weight, then I coveted them. And took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and the silver under it. I saw, I saw them. I coveted them. And I took them. You know, every sin, every sin, I saw. I coveted. I took them. 
That's the pattern. You have to stop the steps. You have to catch yourself. That's why Christ warned us. He said, if any man look upon a woman to lust after her. Christ began to talk not just about sins that we commit with our bodies, but sins that we commit with our heart. Because in the end result, it leads to the sins with our body. You know what happened to Achan? Achan didn't just fell, or Achan didn't just cost himself his, his life. He cost his family their lives. He cost the 37 men that went off to fight a war uh, their lives. Many people paid because of Achan's sin. You know what it all started with? I saw. I coveted. I took them. And sure, you could, you could say it, it's not just the eye gate, but it's also the ear gates, what you hear. That's what leads people to cussing. They listen to the certain music. They hear. They ponder. They speak it. I saw. I coveted. I took them. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. You know the song. Oh, for the Father up above, he's looking down with love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. Oh, be careful, little mind, what you think. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. Oh, may, may we be careful what we think. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you touch. We, we learned it in kindergarten, but we, we still can't live it. I saw. I coveted. I took them. He said, I saw. I covet. I, I, I took them. It cost him his life. It cost him his family, his family's life. Eve, she sinned and cursed all of humanity. David, he sinned. He felled his kingdom and his kindred. If you don't do away with your sin, your sin will do away with you. Let's pray. Father, as I come before you, Lord, there's times where I could look back in my life and say, I went down that pattern. I saw. I coveted. And I took them. Lord, these three characters, they were all tempted with something different. Eve was tempted with wisdom. David was tempted with a woman. Uh, Lord, Achan was tempted with wealth. But yet the result was the same. They all saw. They all coveted and they all took. Father, help us to be careful with what we see. Help us be careful with what we say, what we think upon. May it be said that, that Christ would be the one that we would look unto. Looking unto Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. That the, that the mind of Christ would be in us. 
that the love of Christ would constrain us, that we would be a Christian, Christ-like in what we do. Father, please help us. Help us to confess and forsake our sins. Help me, Lord, to confess and forsake. In Jesus' name, amen. Some great uh, passages of Scripture to think about. I liked uh, what Levi had to say about uh, a backslidden heart and uh, the truth that uh, Noel re has revealed, uh, those simple truths that sometimes uh, the Lord gives his preacher boys uh, a, a different thought pattern to bring out important truths how important that is and while he was speaking about that the Lord reminded me of something you know every year we have what we call faith missions conference and and we uh, make promises to the Lord that we're going to be faithful uh, to give uh, a certain amount of money to the to the missionaries that uh, that we've agreed to get behind that the church is supporting. And then many times after we make such a commitment, we take a look at what we've committed. We think, well, I don't know that I can give that much. That's just that's, that's too much. I realize at the time with the emotions and with how the church was all working together and how everyone was getting involved, that, uh, <clears throat> that I was somewhat heart struck uh, to make a commitment and I made a promise that was probably bigger than what I should have and I could really use this a portion of this money for something else so I know what I promised God but I'm not going to give what I promised I'll give him something but I won't give it all and so we hold back you're doing the same thing our missions started off really well. Last week, Isha made the comment, Pastor, we're not uh, meeting um, the commitments. We're giving right now a total each month about $3,300 to missions, but we're only receiving about fifteen dollars to $1,600 a month in mission support. So we're taking it out of the general. Uh, I would like to put that into the missions. We were doing fine for about six months, but then it started falling off. I think we need to be careful about commitments, don't you? You make a commitment to the Lord, carry through with it. I'm reminded of the church there at, at Jerusalem. They made commitments, and the people brought those commitments, they sold what they had, and they laid it at the apostles' feet. And the Bible says something interesting. It says in verse number 33, it says that with great power, he gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all because of what they were doing. The preaching had greater power. The church was growing. 
the grace of God was working in the hearts of those that were participating. But there was a couple by the name of Ananias and Sapphira that thought, well, wait a minute. I didn't realize we were going to get as much from this property that we sold. We know what we committed. But now that I'm looking at what we have here in our hands, why don't we just give a portion of it and we'll hold back part of it? No one knows. It'll be okay. So <clears throat> they did what they pondered in their hearts. And just like Eve, there was a price that had to be paid. And the apostle Peter, he... Uh, he asked Ananias this question. He says, while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thy heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. You see, there was someone else behind that. It was just not Ananias and Sapphira. There was someone else that took part in that, that encouraged them to go back on their promise. Peter said unto Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? See, when you make a promise to this church that you're going to give something. You made that promise because God prompted your heart to do it. And the church is trusting you to do it, so we increased our giving to the missionaries. And now, because it's not coming in, we have to take from one fund to make sure that it goes in because I'm not going to tell these missionaries that it's not coming in. And so that hurts us in going forward. There's less things that we can do for the body of Christ. And the Lord looks at that. He doesn't judge the church. He judges the individual that made the promise. And it's something for us to think about. So uh, Noah, thank you for bringing that out. When Isha was sharing with me that we're only meeting our missions promised by about half of what was promised here in these last few weeks um, I thought well should I say anything and then after Noah preached what he preached I thought I better say something because uh, if that uh, commitment was made by you and you're holding back you may want to make it right it's not that that uh, we need that money. The missionaries need it. The Lord knows what you promised, and he may deal with you in a very harsh way. Because it's right here. This is New Testament. So I just thought I'd kind of throw that out there for whatever it's worth. My wife, she made a commitment, and she all, she's all, you know, you made sure, are you, you made sure to take care of my, because she pays hers every month. I pay my missions commitment every week, and she wants to make sure that I'm making, uh, making that commitment. I'm not holding back. Uh, and that's good. 
We need to be concerned about what we promise God. You know, we do the same thing with our children too, don't we? We give them to the Lord, then when they want to go on a mission field, then we try to talk them out of it. Why has Satan caused you to lie against the Holy Ghost? You gave them to me. They're mine. And I've known parents that have done that as well. It's just not what's in our hand. Uh, sometimes it's what's in our heart. Why are we holding back what's in our heart? Say, well, Lord, those children are mine, and I love them, and I don't want them to go to a place like that. We need to be careful of that as well. Well, anyway, I hope whatever it was that uh, caused that, that horrible stench in those dorms, I hope that was resolved never to come back. It reminds me of a story of this young couple before they got married. They felt like they should confess something to each other, but they held back. The young man had, he had a horrible problem with his feet sweating, and his, his socks stunk to high heavens. And he would wash and scrub his feet, but regardless of what he would do, his feet would stink. His socks were horrible. They would stink. And so he fell in love with this beautiful young girl, but she had horrible breath. There was something wrong. I mean, her breath was so rotten, it smelled like a skunk. And she did everything that she could to keep it from him. And so on their wedding night, 